Welcome to Authentic Alchemy, the place where we tap into infinite possibilities and attract your deepest desires. I am your host, Emily Burke, and if you have found yourself here, congratulations. You've just taken a step towards your next up level and expansion. On this show, we dive into all things manifestation, shadow work, spirituality, personal growth, and creating your most authentically you dream life. Well done for choosing you by pressing play today. Now let's begin. All right, welcome back to another episode of Authentic Alchemy. I'm so grateful and excited for today's guest, beautiful Jennifer, who's sitting virtually across me right now, is a business energetics hypnotherapist and kinesiologist that guides and aligns entrepreneurial women to their goals and beyond. And I'm really, really excited to dive into this conversation because I have uh I'm not going to lie, I've been stalking your Instagram a little bit, Jen, and and you have so much beautiful, beautiful content there, and I love the way that um, she brings in the, the energetics and the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial uh, elements there, and it's just something that I live by, and I think that is so, so, so important, and I am really excited for the listeners to dive into this and to learn more about this because I think there is such a huge misconception around business being very masculine and very Mm. material based and there is so much more to it. So welcome Jennifer to Authentic Alchemy. Thank you. Thank you Emily. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And yeah, to talk about everything business and energetics, because that is my jam. It's what I've lived for for the past 10 years, at least within myself and probably last seven years with my clients. And it's such a pivotal, it's a pivotal topic and conversation and energy to live within business. Mm. So yeah, let's get all this to your beautiful audience. So the first thing I ask all of my guests is, what does authenticity mean to you? This is a great question, Emily, because this is something that I have had a lot of conversations around with clients this week. And authentic, (laughs) always, no, no, I don't always do it, but it's very um, a heightened topic at the moment. You know, I think, you, you know, you'd feel into this as well. It's like every week, every phase, every astrological alignment brings through different learnings, understandings and awarenesses. And at the moment, the authenticity card is in the spotlight. And what this really means for me and my clients is, Stripping back the noise and coming back to what is it that lights you up? How do you want to operate? What, you know, what are your beliefs? What are your values? How do you want to move forward? And that authenticity is really coming from that soul level. Mm. It's even, you know, let's let's even strip back the facade of the money and the material stuff you know, and business and coming back to what is my soul calling me to do? Mm. You know, even to, I always say, let's take it down to, you know, a basic everyday fundamental level of when you're looking in the pantry and you want some lunch, you go, what do I want to eat? Mm. Yeah, it's not what I should eat or what I have to eat or you know this per- what this person's eating or the latest trend right now it's hang on what what do i want yeah because there is so much noise out there in today's world there's so much shiny object object syndrome so mm. authenticity needs to be stripping back all the layers all mm. the expectations all the assumptions all the the shoulds and the musts and coming back down to a core foundational level Mm, yeah I love that that's like a really almost like almost practical way of I've had like so many answers to that question Mm. and they're all so unique and really beautiful and that's just like a really beautiful 
like almost practical way of tuning into it. It's like, well, what do I truly want? Not what I have been told that I want, not what I've been programmed to want. What do I actually want? What actually genuinely brings me joy purely for the purpose of joy, purely for the purpose, for no other reason. And that there is, is part of your authenticity. And that there is like, it's like I almost like visualize that like following the joy, which I do talk about a lot, is like the little breadcrumbs yes. to that authenticity, to that purpose, to that, you know, soul-led life. So I love that answer. Um, for those of the listeners who have not heard of you before, who haven't been in your world before, can you give us a little bit of a backstory um, as much as or as little that you want to share as to how you got here today and how you serve in the world? Sure. My backstory. Um, <clears throat> I have 40 years of backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, I was a corporate girl. I loved my corporate life. I loved my corporate job. Um, if someone told me back then, actually somebody did told me back then that I'd be here now, I actually went, no, no, I won't be. Like I love this life. I was a fashion designer for 20 years. Um, I was a great fashion designer. I absolutely loved the world. I loved the world of design. I loved the world of creating. I loved the world that came with that, which was the travel and the buying and all that sort of stuff that, you know, for me as a 20-something-year-old girl, that was like glamour lifestyle. Yeah. And at in one of my first jobs that I had, I actually worked for New Balance, was my first job, and I was so excited when I first got that job. It was like my ultimate. And I had a car accident one day on the way home, and I sprained my whole spine. And I was off work. God, I can't even remember. Like I blanked out a lot of that time. But... I was told, go and see this girl. She's a kinesiologist. Don't ask what she does, but she's going to help you. And I'm like, a kinesi who? And I'm like, all right, he's told me she's going to help me. I don't know how, but let's just see what happens. Emily, an hour and a half of working with this girl, I came off the massage table with no pain, zero, nothing. And I'm like, what the hell did this woman just do to me? So ever since that day, um, I've been working with kinesiology or with kinesiology practitioners and obviously trained and work with it myself. And she's the one that told me, you know, you can do this as well. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, I love my life. And it wasn't until I had children that I'm like, it's time for a change. I was craving a more natural lifestyle. Um, you know, even simple things like, you know, I wanted to make sure that I had water filters in the house before my eldest son now, 13, 14, um, needed to drink water. I'm like, no, I have to have that sorted. He's not drinking tap water. Mm -hmm. Um, Mind you, today I've brought up water snobs, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was just little, little hints of this sort of stuff along the way. And I was like, I went back to work in fashion for probably about 18 months to two years after. And I went, I don't want to do this anymore. It's stressing me out. I, talking about being inauthentic, I climbed the corporate ladder because it's what I thought I should do. Mm. I was given promotion after promotion and without even a question, I just accepted them until I ended up up, um, managing I managed a $14 million portfolio with about 10 to 12 staff. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there one day doing budgets and I'm like, I don't want to do budgets. I'm like, I want to design and that's all I want to do. I don't want to manage people. I don't want to do budgets. I don't want to allocate, you know, annual leave to people. I'm like, how did I get here? And all of a sudden I just felt lost in a world that I once loved. And it was it, once you reach a certain level in a career, it's so hard to go back to square one. I'm like, I just want to design. They're like, you don't want to just design because you're you're here now. Mm. So I ended up taking some time off and after my second child actually and decided to study. As you do as a um, a mum with a newborn, let's go back to school. <laughs> So I did study kinesiology and 
I remember turning up to the class and I was the only one in there from a corporate background. The rest were all health practitioners, um, a lot of naturopaths, acupuncturists, things like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so out of my league here. Like this is all very new information to me. We're learning anatomy. We're learning body systems. And I'm like, okay, we can do this. And I must admit I ended up getting it the quickest. And I'm like, this is all just falling into place for me. It's like, isn't this so surreal when you start walking down your path, how things just literally fall into place. And the results I was getting with the case studies that I was having were excellent. And I'm like, I'm really enjoying this. I remember one day I walked into class because um, I had eczema all down my arms. I was a little bit stressed during studying and um, having a newborn and all this sort of stuff. And my, um, my teacher goes to me, jump on the table and let's fix it. I'm like, okay, here am I in my mind saying, should I do a before and after photo? I'm like, no, I'll take it, I'll take it after. Because it was red, raw, it was horrible. Literally, as he's working on me, the redness subsided. Within two days, it had all gone and I've never got it back. And that was a good 12 years ago. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, I love this stuff. I just got hooked. So I started doing gut health, helping a lot of women with bloating, um, food allergies, food insensitivities, things like that. And one day I had another kinesiologist come in and she was working on her business and we noticed some of the gut health stuff that she was working with, I was working with her on, was helping her gain clarity around what she was doing at work. And one day we're like, well, what if we did the opposite here? We can see that working on your gut health affects your business, but what if we, instead of having the gut health as the goal, why don't we put in the business goal that you want? Mm. So she was like, all right, I want 12 clients and I want to build up to that level. I'm like, right, let's, let's see what happens. And within a couple of weeks, she had 12 clients a week. Wow. I'm like, do you want to go more shows? I can't, I can't do any more. <laughs> so this is when I started to put it out there to the world. I'm like, let's, let's, I need some people to test this theory. I'm like, I don't know anyone that works this way. If you want to build your business and you want to look at energetics and mindset, like hook, like let me know. I want to work with you every week for one month. And I had this business coach contact me. Uh, which I thought was very interesting because as a business coach, she had all the strategy. Mm. But in that last couple of months, her business had really gone downhill where she was starting to borrow money from other people. Right. Mm. And she goes to me, I need 10 grand. And I'm like, okay, how much are you earning right now? She goes, nothing. Like I've dried up. Here am I going, she wants to go from zero to $10,000 in four weeks. I'm like, I don't even know if that's possible. (laughs) Anyway, it's like trust the process, right? So I'm like, okay, we'll just see what comes up, see what we have to work on. So every Wednesday we came together online because she was in Bali at the time and I was in Melbourne. We just did the work. This is the goal that we want. We want 10K every week. So every week we worked on it came up something different. There's a lot of ancestral patterns, a lot of beliefs around what she thought she could and couldn't do. Week four came along. And, like, she hasn't told me in between what sales she's getting. She goes, do you want to know how much I made? I'm like, please let me know. <laughs> she goes, $9,997. Like, you have got to be kidding. She goes, no. And she goes, I really didn't have to do much differently. We put in a, we put in a load of protocol on how to set up her day mm. um, energetically, mentally, emotionally, physically. And that's what she did and she got it all in. And so ever since then, I that's what I've been working on with clients, helping them achieve their goal in business. And it's been so beautiful, Emily, because sometimes it's about let's just go for the wins, right? You know, we want 10K, we want 12K, we want 50K, the million-dollar year, whatever it might be. 
And then every now and again, you get women that really need help. Mm -hmm. The ones that are stuck in toxic relationships that need to get out but can't or feel stuck because of their financial situation. Mm. And they're the ones that light me up so we get them to where they want to go financially and then they have this new sense of freedom to then make other decisions in their life to make everything better. Mm. Yes. It's, oh, my gosh, I have so many things that, like, my brain was like, (laughs) Oh my god, I, I want to ask about that. I don't want to ask about that. There's first of all, like I wanna like like acknowledge you like on your journey because I can very much resonate with that feeling of you know, you're in something, you know, a career that you really thought that you were gonna do forever and you loved it, like really genuinely loved it, and then all of a sudden you don't. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not meant to be here. And I think there's a lot of like shame and challenge that comes along with that I know that I felt a lot of it go and like confusion going what the hell like it's always a little bit like what the hell universe like I was on my purpose like why are you all of a sudden like shifting everything for me but just like that beautiful permission piece that like we are ever evolving shifting changing like shape-shifting beings that you are allowed to love something and for something to be your purpose for a period of time and for that to be so perfect and to change your mind and for that to be perfect and still be on purpose and in alignment. And I truly believe that, you know, every single experience is building us up to whatever is next and and everything is divinely aligned. So just it takes a lot of courage to do that um and I really just love to anchor that in because I know that a lot of the women that I work with and a lot of the people in my community who listen to the podcast are in a little bit of that in-between phase where they've kind of been doing something for a long time and they're like I know I kind of want to do something different but it just feels like too far for them so like Mm. just acknowledging here is yet another example of somebody who took that leap and had that courage to do that and has created like pure magic in their life like amazing thank you and you know I always say that purpose is for right now Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be forever but even that like I look back at my fashion career and I remember this pinnacle moment for me where I was in a local shopping center and out came um, a little girl. And at that time I was designing girls wear. And she came out in the one of the skirts that I had designed. And this little flutter in your heart go, oh, you know, she's wearing one of my outfits. But it was watching that little girl twirl in that skirt and the joy and the happiness that that brought her. And for me, that was an aha moment. Like that's what I, that's why I do what I do. Mm. it's not for the clothes it's for the joy that it brings those girls mm-hmm. and when I look at my life now and what I do it's the same joy mm-hmm. it really is and so overall I look at it and go is the purpose actually any different mm-hmm. it's just a different vehicle yeah It's always been for me to bring people out of suffering into joy, into alignment, into obtaining whatever they want in their world. Mm. That's always been my magic. I'm like having like an aha moment right now. (laughs) Share. Because I... I'm a primary school teacher. So mm. I, and I've been a, this is my fifth year. And before that I was a nanny and worked in childcare. And since I was 17 years old, like I I'm 30 now and absolutely loved it. And the thing is, is that the part that I loved the most and that I still love because I'm still, you know, doing that dance between, you know, this and um, working in a school the thing that I love the most is those moments where you get that connection with a child or even a parent and you're able to shift their perspective. 
that is what I love the most. They're coming in because their friend didn't want to play with them anymore and they're absolutely devastated and you're able to shift their perspective or their focus and able to give them a sense of self and responsibility and empowerment in that moment to move forward in, in from like a secure place. And, and that is that is exactly what I do now, you know, and I really see the correlation um, between, you know, a lot of because, you know, I, I work with women in shadow work and everything like mm. that. And so much of that has come from our childhood. And a lot of it is is working through those things that were programmed in us as children. So it's very, again, again, just like a reminder that I didn't, I didn't go like, oh, I spent four years like teaching and working with kids, like you know, years and years before that working with kids. And, and now I'm changing everything. And like, what was that for? I have so many transferable skills That's because I know how to speak to children. I know how to connect with children and therefore I know how to connect with the child within every adult. Yes. And that is my superpower. And that's why I'm so grateful for that. And I just now have a new vehicle, like you said, to be able to deliver this message on a grander scale. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's that's the thing. The purpose is still there. Yeah. Um, Plus you so- know how to, you know how to educate, you know how to articulate a course curriculum. Like mm. imagine how that expands into your business, you know, when you do courses, when you facilitate workshops and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah it's 100%. all a transferable skill. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, you, what I would love, there was something you said at the end of your story there around, um, oh, what was it? What was it? Uh, that's right. Women um, and that financial mm. security. I think I wasn't sure if the word that used was security or stability or whatever it was. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about why it is so important, particularly for women, to understand money and to um, have a sense of financial stability in our in our lives mm-hmm. um even if we are in you know a, a relationship with somebody and that's quite secure and everything like mm-hmm. that um I'd love to hear from you on on that look I'm I'm very much a twofold on this one mm-hmm. it's like there is there is this world and there is that world um and the reality is that the world our parents grew up in and even our grandparents is very different from now. The cost of living is a lot more and it's a lot more even compared to how much we're earning. So, yes, we can do the inflation of everything, including wage. But when we look at the cost of living compared to how much we're earning, it's a lot more now Mm -hmm. and obviously depending on what country that you're in. So where years ago, you know, and especially our grandfathers, our grandparents' era, we could have worked on one wage quite successfully. These days it's less so. There's definitely people out there that can work on one wage, absolutely. Um, but the reality is these days it's it's less, less easy. It's more difficult to do it. Um, can we stay at home and look after the household and the children while giving our partner the opportunity to earn much greater, you know, double the income that they would normally, absolutely. Mm. And it's all a choice. But here's what I see in my world, and not just my personal world, but, you know, everyone that comes in it through my clients and people, is that the divorce rate is so high. Yep. And women feel stuck in making choices because they've let go of earning what they used to earn before getting being married. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're maybe working part-time, because they've got children or maybe not even working at all. Mm. The hours that they have to dedicate to work can be a lot less. Mm. So if you're the sort of person that access to money 
is preventing you from creating choices in your own personal life, things need to change. Now, things need to change doesn't mean you have to go out and earn your own, but there's a conversation that needs to be had. And this is a lot of people in relationships fall on general conversation skills and communication skills, let alone communication around finances. Yeah. So for me, money equals choice. Money equals choice to everyone, regardless of gender. So empowering women around money does it have to be? Look, if you're really good at making choices in a relationship, maybe it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. But the reality is that a lot of women have been brought up to be people pleasers. Yep. What does that mean? I can hear people going, what are you talking about? What does that mean? It means that we learn to... Please don't shoot me when I say this because I can I can start to feel hands go up. <laughs> we learn to be people pleasers, which means we learn to allow men to choose us. Mm. Right? Instead of going and asking ourselves the question, do we choose them? Yeah. Right. And so we're being brought up with this understanding that we sacrifice ourselves and our needs for the needs of others, right? We put ourselves last. That's why mama guilt is so wide out there. Yeah. I don't know any mother that that does not have mama guilt to some degree, but we shouldn't because we are the centre of our family's universe. Mm -hmm. If we can't take care of ourselves, there's no one to look after us. And then there's no one to look after the kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, our partner can stand in, but it's not the same. And every mother knows that. So when we start pleasing ourselves, pleasing others first, we stay home for the children or we knock back our hours for the children. And we want to. I was always the one that went to myself because I, I have such a big work ethic. I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to go back to work as soon as I can. My husband's gonna stay home, look after the kids. As soon as that child was born, I'm like, I don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it really depends on the situation, but the majority of women that I see out there come from this place where they relinquished a lot of their financial power to their spouses and therefore I've come across extremely wealthy couples where the wife feels poor because, yeah, they've got money, they've got choices. Hubby can go out and buy a car whenever he wants, but she can't. Mm. Hubby will go and choose the investment property. Hubby will tell you how much money he has to spend for a holiday. You have no idea as the wife. You can't go out and buy a house. You don't have access to it. Nothing's under your name. Do you know how many people that walk into my office and go, you know what, financially I'm better off separated because at least I can see half the money. Mm, Interesting. So it's, but part of it needs to, we need to remember here, Emily, is we do it to ourselves. Yep. We do it to ourselves subconsciously, definitely. So it's not a, it's not pointing the finger at ourselves and blaming ourselves, but the moment we realise we've done it to ourselves, we have then the accessibility to take our power back. And that's when you go, or one, do I want to earn my own money? Or two, do we just need more transparency in our family finances? There are so many different options. But you have to work out what the right option for you is. Yes. We don't have to empower women with their own income. We don't have to. It's a personal thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah, really. It's so, it's so, so, so important. And I think um, the the big thing that I'm hearing here 
is because I think that there's such this misconception. Well, it means that I I don't, I'm not going to be able to, you know, choose to not work for, you know, six years until the kids are in school and or, or I, I, like I have to go and get a job. But the thing is, is having the conversation and empowering yourself to be a part of yes. the, the family's finances because you're, if you're making the choice to take time off work for to, to take care of your children, that you are actually like like by supporting your partner to be able to go out and work by doing that, you are supporting him in his or, or her or her's growth in their career and their income. And that can look like whatever you want. And I don't subscribe to the idea that there's one way to do anything, mm. but I think really transparent conversations around money and what that looks like and and being really open, knowing that like you you don't ha- you may not have any intention of ever leaving each other. That's not what it, I think a lot of people go, well, no, we're, we're married or we're together. We've decided to be together forever. We're never going to break up. Well, of course, at this moment in time, you don't. And you may, you may actually be together forever. Like whatever, you know, nobody's saying otherwise. But I think just really understanding how the money works in your in your family yes. is very, very empowering in itself. And and to be on the same page with the way it's going to work now and you know into the foreseeable future. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'd love to shift gears now um into abundance and an abundant mm. mind, an abundant mindset because this work has been profound for me. My like, oh my gosh, the scarcity and lack mindsets that I had that I didn't know that I had. Oh my goodness, the work that has been done, incredible. Um, but it's something that I think in you know the personal development world is talked about quite a lot, but in terms of just you know, uh all people, mm. it isn't talked about a lot. And you know out in you know everyday life talking to people once you've done this work you hear so much of that scarcity and lack mentality and it's like it actually like once you've like cleared it you like see it so much you almost like see the energy and the vibration of these like things and you're like oh god get away um so I love to hear like first of all like what is an abundant mindset and what is abundance what is abundance? Abundance means basically that you can have everything. Like so abundance isn't necessarily around money. Yeah. Um, it's around everything, abundance of health, abundance of opportunities. It's it's creating from a place of no limitations. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we look at who we are, we're energetic beings having a physical experience, that energy is a magnet our base core energy so we get to stipulate what attracts to it and what it repels Mm -hmm. and through our beliefs and our values and our programming we'll bring on a filter as well Mm. it was interesting I was having this conversation in my head yesterday actually because there was a um a competition on the local radio here and the competition was you hear a certain song by a certain artist, say Taylor Swift, you ring up. Um, when you get online, you have the choice of either taking $100 cash or going in the draw to win $100,000. And anyway, just listening to what people say they're going to do with this $100,000 is so interesting in the same time, I was just flicking through Instagram and there's this quote that comes up and says, if you give um, rich people and poor people $2,500, um, the rich people will double it and the poor people will be poor again in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Right? And so listening to these people on the radio, going to buy a holiday, going to travel, going to you know upgrade this, it's like, all the money is being spent on perishable items. Mm-hmm. Like nothing you're spending on is actually going to 
increase in value or give you any sort of return for investment. Mm -hmm. Now, that is a wealth mindset. It's how can I make my money make money? Mm -hmm. Um, A a person to have a look at here in this space, which is quite new, is um, Ryan Reynolds. Mm. A billionaire. I don't think he's made his billions from acting. But have a look how he churns and turns businesses. Mm. So we have to remember that an abundance mindset is our core mindset, but it's through the filters that we've been put on it during our upbringing and our exposure to money mindset. Mm -hmm. We come up with where we are today. So here's 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 a really good idea here. If you are happy with the way that your parents live, the way that they look at money and the way that they look at themselves compared to wealthy women, wealthy people, if you're 100% okay with that, don't change a thing. (laughs) Reality, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's like the so I was like gonna just interject quickly. It's like that whole thing of we take advice from people that we wouldn't want to trade lives with them for anything. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. And so we need to have a look at what as a child, what did I observe around money, around paying bills, but also what did I observe around work and work ethic? What did I observe around how my parents valued themselves compared to people that were perceived less than them or not as wealthy as them or more wealthier than them? Because mm-hmm. both have a correlation to what goes on in our mind to how we perceive ourselves and compared to other people. Mm-hmm. And then it needs to be what is your money doing with you now? Are you working pay pay- paycheck to paycheck and just having enough? Right? And this is a very big mindset that a lot of middle class go through is the just enough mindset. Mm-hmm. They, they're very good at getting out of problems but not jumping into abundance. Right, They, they move away from but not towards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do I jump into and think like an abundant person? Well, it's not going to come easy if it's not something that you have been taught. Mm. And here's the thing, though, Emily. I've had women come from wealthy families that cannot earn money, and I'll tell you why. It's a common thread here that I've seen a lot of women because Dad was the primary breadwinner that managed the money and he drip-fed the money to mum so she could pay the bills, do the groceries, buy the kids' shoes, whatnot, right? So I made that mean that women weren't good with managing money <laughs> and so therefore I'm not good at managing money. Oh, yeah. And if I'm not good with managing money, I can't trust myself to have more than enough because that's all mum was given, just enough to do what she needed to do. Mm. So it's, it's it's all comes down to what did I make that mean for me? Yeah. And humans are like, we are meaning making machines. Oh. And like, just to like give a few, like I'll be super authentic and real. And these are like all things that I have worked through or, you know, have done a lot of work on and then still little dribbles and drabbles of it come up. And I'm like, oh, you're still there. But like, just to like really point out like how much, like how many different kind of ways this can manifest. Like mm-hmm. my mum worked like multiple jobs my whole life. I've had single mum, like my parents were split up, like all good there and everything like that. But single mum, she would work multiple jobs our whole my whole life. Um, so my mindset was, is the only way to make money as a single woman was to work really, really, really hard. Like That's literally to yeah, to work all day, come home, eat, or like, you know, not even eat, just feed the kids and then head out for the night and go and work at night. Like 
massive mindset shift that I had to shift there. Another one was, um, you know, and mama, if you're listening, which I don't think that you will be, I love you so much, but just like impulse buy random stuff all the time. Like I would (laughs) come home and there's like the most random thing, like, you know, like the infomercials with like um, all the, like we had all of it. We had the sham wow. We had that like chopper thing. We had the tomato like hanging thing, like all stuff that was just like, why do we have this? And my mom, I have never seen her work out in my entire life. And this is when I saw it for the first time. I was a teenager. I don't remember how old, but we were walking through the shopping center and at like um, one of the fitness outlets or something like that, they had out the front that their their, um, display treadmill was on sale for half price. That was selling it like, not even, I think it was like like 75% off or something like that. And she goes, Emily, a treadmill, it's 75% off. And I was like, Mum, when are we going to use a treadmill? And she's like, she's like, there's seven five percent off. And I was like, Mum, I have. When have you ever worked out ever? She's like, Well, I don't know. I might start if I had a treadmill. And I was like, You are not going. I had to literally like drag her away. But the thing is, is that then manifested in my life as money would come in and I would save, 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 save. As soon as it would get to a certain amount, it was like. Oh, that's there. That's it. It was like shiny object syndrome. I would just be like, bye, bye, bye. And then all of a sudden I'm like, where did all my savings go? And that was a pattern that I had to overcome for a really long time, you know? And another thing, like my, my dad, when I was younger, had a few um, investments that went badly. So my, like I've always, I, for a really long time had a fear of investing money Mm -hmm. in case I lost it all. So these are just a few examples and there's so many more um up until quite recently actually this is another one I would check even though I knew that there is money in my bank account to buy groceries but without fail before I would buy groceries or petrol I would check check my bank account to make sure that there was money in there Mm. even though I know that there's money in there but Mm. I would just check in case there wasn't for some reason and I couldn't buy groceries like how insane is are these things and I really want to like anchor in here that none of these behaviors for me necessarily correlated with how much money I had in my bank account. Mm, Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so interesting. So just if you're like, sorry, if you're like listening and you're starting to be like, Oh shit, like I do that. And my mum did that or, and it might not manifest in the exact same way. Yes. But it's just, like you said, like we make meaning. Like what have we made it to mean about ourselves? Right. And part of that is I don't feel safe with money or I can't manage money properly or money feels ick. You know, I had, on a more serious note, I've had clients that have not been able to earn money and not being able to ask for the payment because in their childhood they were sexually abused and paid off to keep Mm. quiet wow so it doesn't have to be the little things it can be the we know one or two big things in your life but we as you said we all make it mean something Mm -hmm. so what are you making it mean for you Mm -hmm. and logically you'll know what's wrong and this is where you know it's a belief that's subconsciously embedded logically it's wrong and you can see it but there's something in you that doesn't believe it. You're not embodying that truth that you cognitively know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was the same. I, with my mum growing up, at the end of my paychecks, end of my week I'd get my paycheck, she would take me to the local shopping centre and would spend it all. I was never taught to save. I was never taught to invest. I was taught to when it comes in, it just goes out. And mm-hmm. we bought silly things handbags and shoes and whatever it might have been at the time similar to the treadmill sort of scenario right yeah so and that was the thing no matter how much I earned whether I just started off in business you know earning I think it was like two three hundred dollars a week or whether it was you know five thousand or ten thousand it didn't matter I'd still end up with nothing at the end mm-hmm. yeah you, if you have a belief that you don't feel safe with money or that you need to get rid of it for whatever reason, you can't manage it and that's your underlying belief, you will find a way to get rid of it. 
Mm-hmm. And if you don't find a way, guess what? The bills will come in. Yep. Earn yep. some big money, earn some extra, earn the cream on the top and the bills will take it away. Yeah. And that's another abundance mindset. And this has been huge for me. And it's so funny because I hear this all the time and I just, I just kind of like smile and sometimes I drop a little perspective shifting, like little um, nugget in there. But even if you're getting crabby, or pissed off every time the bills come in. If you're like, oh, another bill to pay, your bills are there. My the bill, the, the water bill and the energy bill comes into my email, and I'm like, oh, excellent, cool. I get like I get to I amazing. I can pay for water and electricity. I can pay my phone bill, so I can like run with my phone. Like I can run my business on my phone. I can call my like. Earlier today, my best friend called me and told me that her and her, her partner have gotten engaged. I don't get to do I know, I was very excited. I was a little bit frazzled. <laughs> um, but, like, that doesn't happen if I don't get to pay, like, the $44 for my phone bill. I am so grateful to pay for my bills. I go to the, um, like, the the local uh, butcher and, like, I remember one time, like, I um, – I went to pay and like I I I paid tapped it and then went to leave and they're like oh I'm so so sorry it didn't go through and they're really they're like unfortunately like you do you know you got to pay for for your like meat and I was like that's not unfortunate I said I am so grateful that I get to pay for quality food and quality meat that nourishes my body I am so grateful that I get to come in here and have this conversation with you and I gladly pay for this and I actually say this to these people they like I they they always giggle at me but I'm like this is not unfortunate I get to pay for this yeah. when I tap my at the grocery store when I tap my my like card I go I'm so grateful that I get to buy this delicious food this is an investment in my health yeah. And something that I learned from John D. Martini when I was years ago, when I was working in corporate, um, my last job that I was doing part time, um, I was on the road a lot. And I used to just listen to all the great, inspiring people, mm-hmm. you know, heaps of Tony Robbins, um, John D. Martini's, and the other one that I, I devout a lot of his content. And he talks around bills of when back. This was back in the day where bills came in your letterbox. Um, (laughs) And he used to go, grab the bill out of the letterbox and actually look at it and think about what it provided you. Mm -hmm. So if it's electricity, right, thinking about all the nights that you've had the lights on, you know, or the, you know, if your stove and kitchen is run on electricity, think about that and the hairdryer in the morning and and the, the oil diffuser and the fridge and all these things that it enables you to have. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and he also goes on with debt as well, which I really, really love. Right. So when the credit card bill comes, or the mortgage comes, or the you know the 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 personal loan comes, or whatever you might have, it's you know what this has provided me a choice to pay something off over time. Mm-hmm. It's enabled me to have a goods or service that I didn't have the funds for upfront, so I given me the opportunity to pay it off Mm. it's leverage yeah I've stopped calling it credit it's leverage it's it allows you to do something that doesn't mean that you should put yourself in like fifty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt to go on a holiday but it like there's no shame around it it is what if you're in credit card debt, it is what it is. And it allowed you to do something that at the time served you in whatever way that was. And I think that that's something that you said there, which is really important. It's like, don't do things silly. Mm. It's like, have the knowledge. And this is where a lot of women I urge to go out and educate yourself more around money strategically. Mm. Like, how do you do in your investment? How what what is the right thing to do when you do get your wage that comes in at the beginning of the week? Mm. Like, how do you allocate it to make sure you have money for savings, have money for holidays, have money to cover your bills? Yeah. It's like learn the practicality of managing money and that will empower you so much more because the reality is that most of us women were never taught that growing up. Yep. I know I wasn't. 
Yeah. So the energetics has to always, even in business, when we're not talking about money, has to always match with strategy. And this is where we go into, because your strategy is the masculine. Yeah. Right. That's your masculine energy strategy. But for your creative and your feminine to flow, it needs a masculine structure. Mm-hmm. I always like doing doing this analogy around the ocean, right? So the ocean bed is your masculine and it allows the water, which is the feminine, to have her ebbs and her flows, mm-hmm. to allow her to do whatever she wants, whether she wants to create a wave, a barrel, whether she wants to move into that lake or whether to move into that part of the ocean it allows her to be creative and to show up in a feminine but she has to have the security to be able to do that and Mm. a feminine without the masculine there is a whole lot of ideas and mass procrastination because she doesn't have the groundedness in the strategy to bring her creativity to life Mm, yes Right. Yes. So we need both, but we need to do it in a way. Corporate has shown us a really imbalanced way to work with masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Right? And even when I get CEOs in and to help them structure their energies when they're in an office environment, you know, and we have to remember, okay, what is masculine and what is feminine? You know, feminine is about movement. She is creative, she's intuitive, she's emotional, she's a healer. Mm. And that's your feminine. So when we look at creativity in business, part of your creating the strategy is the feminine. Yeah. But you need to know you're creating a strategy for the feminine to go, this is how we're going to put it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she still needs structure there. Yeah. And so the masculine is stability stillness is the end it's giving feminine is receiving so if we're not sitting in our feminine in business we can't receive the fruits of our of our labor Mm. but we're always giving 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 burnout happens right Mm -hmm. that's when we know we're sitting in our masculine too much but so once we have our business strategy we can then sit our feminine into it through movement so that your day might look like go and do a flow yoga class, go and do a walk, create some sort of movement in your life. I love exercise in the morning to bring in that feminine flow and creativity. And then, and only when you have things to execute, do you sit at your desk? Mm-hmm. Because when you sit at your desk, you're in stable, you're stillness, you're in masculine mode. So go to your desk, execute, do deep work. Masculine works best when he does deep work. And you'll know this. So any of you that have a father or partner, that when he goes into problem-solving mode, you can't talk to him. He's in his like man cave in his head, right? Reality. He's in a deep work zone. So for us as feminine, we need to create purposely that deep work zone. Mm -hmm. So that looks like setting up your desk for an hour, hour and a half worth of work, whatever it might be for you, which is your zone, have your cup of tea there, have your candle set up, put your phone on silent, shut down your emails if you're not doing admin and do your non-disruptive type of deep work. Mm-hmm. And once that is finished, get away from your desk. Go back into flow. Allow the creativity to flow and then jump back in. So it's really working physically, mentally and energetically with those masculine and feminine energies to create the ultimate authentic business that you want. Yes. And I like, I live this way. This is how I, I very much. And when I am at my computer or, and let me rephrase that when I am working on my business, it is, I, I almost actually like segment my time. Like I have my calendar mm-hmm. and I have days that are very um, task orientated. It's a, these yes. are the things that I need to get done. And like, and that's the language it's, I need to get these done. I need to tick these things off a list. I need to complete, which 
for me, that's the masculine. They love, this is my task, this is my job, I must complete this and then I feel good. Um, (laughs) And then I will move on to the next task and the next task. And then I will actually like devote and it will be like a whole different day or a whole different Mm. segment of my day where I actually don't have a plan. I just know that I'm in creation mode. And I I will devote like this is, and if I've got three hours, it'll be three hours. Sometimes it's only an hour or two hours. And I'm like, this is my creative time where it's maybe creating a course. It's coming up with podcast content. It's, you know, um, even creating like Instagram content, I find very Mm -hmm. creative, but I won't schedule it then the scheduling of it and the um and the kind of doing the getting it physically like onto Instagram is a separate thing I can't do it at the same time but I will record like you know reel after reel after reel after reel and just be in flow and and that's that very feminine time and it's so funny because I um have like notes and I have like a monthly note on my phone that is just full of ideas that come to me when I am out walking when I'm like in the middle of like an exercise like workout routine when I'm just like dancing around the house I'm like oh that's brilliant and I write it down or like I'm reading and and the thing is is I quite often get to like the to-do list time and I'm like what do I need to do? And I open up that note and that's the feminine feeding the masculine take action on this. Yes. And it's such a beautiful, like energetic balance. And that does, that's not to say that I'm perfect with it. Absolutely not. I get it wrong sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? I've been sitting here, like trying to get stuff done and nothing's happening. You know, it's, it takes time to do that. And we all have the masculine and feminine within us. And it is such a powerful way to, to work in business. And it's the way that I, I, I choose to, to do this it's the way that I choose yes. to, to build this business and to live because it's what feels good it feels balanced it feels regulated in my nervous system yes and it feels sustainable and I think that's the big thing mm-hmm. is it actually feels like this the way that I'm doing this I could do this for 10 20 30 40 50 years yes yeah I love that yeah yeah, uh, I have. I could talk about money and abundance all day long. Um, I have two. <laughs> I have two final questions that I want to ask you. Um, so I would love to know. Um, what is a beautiful manifestation that you have called into your life, and how did that unfold for you? And I was trying to think of this earlier. I'm like. Because everything we manifest, right? But I'm yep. like, what is something totally deliberate that I worked to manifest, right? Um, and I think that would have to be for me this house. Yeah. So this house I've been in for just under two years now, and I acquired it when I was a single mum, looking after my two boys. And I wanted the reason I wanted to move was when I wanted to get out of the family home. And I wanted to bring my work into home post COVID. Um, I wanted to get rid of my clinic and bring my clinic space into my home, but it had to be done perfectly. I needed the bedrooms to be separate to the workspace. I wanted the workspace to be separate to the to the rest of the house. I didn't want clients walking through the house to come to see me. So, like, I had so many prerequisites that I needed to tick it. And if it didn't tick those, like they were my non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. If it didn't tick it, it wasn't happening. And because this was literally post-COVID, a lot of houses were getting snapped up really, really quickly. Um, you'd go for open inspections and there'd be 20 people easy per open for free, open house. And I'm like, okay, we've just got to do this. And I found myself going down the rabbit hole of I'm not good enough, what am I doing, I'm a single mum, I'm walking into all these places and there's these corporate people, corporate couples in there. I'm like, they're clearly they've got two incomes, like I can't do it. And so this is when we jump into the negative of the emotional side, Just you, your masculine needs to come in. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Can you afford it? Yes. Is Does your accountant say you can afford it? Yes. Do you have good references? 
Yes, I've got multiple good references. Is there a reason technically that you shouldn't have the place that you want? No. I'm like, okay, so you got to back yourself. So I found this one house, this house, and I said to my kids, I want you to come and see this one. The rest of them I didn't get them to come and see. But I was like, I like this one on the picture. I want you to come and see it. They're like, okay. So we walk in, we see it. It's beautiful, double story. Got it, ticks all the boxes. Again, it was truckloads of people in here. We walked out, we get to the car. My son's like, Mum, have you seen how many people are in there? He's like, this is my son. We don't have the right references. We can't afford it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm like, we have no idea what any people's situation is in there. They might like hate the house. We don't know. Let's not put any information out there into the space that is not real. I'm like, anything is possible. I'm like, the question is, do you like it? And he's like, I love it, Mum. I'm like, okay, let's apply for it. So we apply for it on the Friday. The Monday's a public holiday. The Tuesday I'm in clinic and I finish with my clients about midday. I've got a break. And I look at my phone and there's like all these text messages, phone calls, emails. I'm like, what the hell is happening? The real estate has texted me to say that the house is yours. We just need to finalise some paperwork. Then because I was in clinic all morning, the contract is already in my inbox and I'm like, oh, my God, like we've got the house. And then my ex-husband goes to me, how did you get the house so quickly? I applied for like 20 houses before I got one. And I'm like, I manifested it, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's so, so, so good. I love it. I absolutely love this place. It's like, it's for me as well, like this house is better than any house that I lived in growing up. Mm. that was a very big milestone for me energetically of Mm. can I as a single mum have something better than my family home growing up yeah yeah it's so like and there's so much talk out there now like I hear somebody that I'm working with is like um, trying to buy a house mm. and there's just so much talk around like the market being bad and like there's just yes. it's so hard to find and I'm like I'm like please just delete all of that yes and focus on what you do want like um, I've just read I'm in the middle of reading I'm nearly finished the four agreements yes and one of the I think it's the third agreement is don't make assumptions 100% and that's just like you know your your son there going yeah but they, 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 they don't make assumptions no. do not make assumptions about anything that's going on with anybody else stay in your own lane keep your focus if it's meant to be for you then it will be for you if you're an energetic match it will be for you if it's if it's not meant to be then that's okay we move on and in he, the right places there here's the thing with that Emily I'll give you another little story here on a client I worked with a property developer years ago and she was trying to sell a house that she had developed when the market was on the verge of turning south, right? And she came to me and she's like, I'm so stressed. This We we went to auction. It got passed in. There is no buyers. I don't know what to do. Everyone's laughing at me because they were like, told you you couldn't do it. And I'm like, okay. She's like, the real estate wants me to lower the price and I can't lower the price. I've got a syndicate of investors here that are relying on the sale. And I'm like, hold on. Do you want to be dictated by what the market wants or do you want to just go after what you want? I'm like, she's like, I I need to go after what I want. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so how about we do the work to align you to your buyer? She's like, okay. So we did it. We energetically called in the buyer, right? We created an energetical match to her and the buyer. Mm. How long do you think it took her to sell that property? Oh, a week. A 24 month. hours. Oh, my goodness. The Amazing. next day she calls me, she goes, you never knew what happened. I'm like, please tell me. She goes, we sold it for exactly what we needed to sell it for to make the investors happy. She goes, the investor, an investor bought it. He literally flew in from China, got off the plane, came to the real estate, looked at the property, signed the documentations and then flew back. But of course. 
Of course. Of course it does, right? Of course. Of course. Energetics is real. I mean, if you're here listening to this, then you know this. But energetics is like it's yeah. it's like the thing. Um okay, final question. Um and this is so in line with what we've just been talking about, but I believe that by declaring our desires out loud, we anchor them in. And I'm just like on a mission mm. to get rid of this mentality of like make a wish, but don't tell anyone about it or it won't come true. I'm like, no, shout your desires from the rooftop. You deserve to want what you want. So Jennifer, what is something that you are currently manifesting? I am currently manifesting to do some VIP days in the US. Ooh. So I've done a lot here in Australia. Um, I've been to Bali to do it. Um, I'm manifesting to do some in the US this year. Amazing. So like clients working with you or are you working with people? So I go over and work with my clients one-on-one for two days straight and we manifest quantum leaps. Yes, and so it is, and so it is, and so it is. I see yeah. it. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. <laughs> Watch this space. Stay tuned, guys. Um, you. You'll already be there by the time this episode comes out. And <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it so much. Where can everybody find you and connect with you? Where can everyone find me? I'm on Instagram mainly at Jennifer McCormack Wellness and my website, jennifermccormack.com.au. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Emily. You're so welcome. If you've listened this far, well done. You're truly devoted to creating a life of your deepest desires. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend. Or better yet, rate and review the show. It truly does help get this message into the hearts of more people who need it. Plus, it's like giving me a big virtual hug. Don't forget to DM me over on Instagram at I am Emily Burke and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. I love connecting with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, keep making moves to create your most authentically you dream life.